Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mm. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed. Whoa, whoa, no. What? No. I mean, most of us do. Most of us do. Not all of us do. Most of us do. Hopefully, we'll be seeing a lot of the mixing of the martial arts tomorrow afternoon. The UFC returns to the apex. Fresh off the heels of UFC 279, UFC Vegas 60 goes down tomorrow. A bantamweight main event with a lot of stakes. You can tell how interested Jed is in this card just by looking at him moments ago. But welcome. Thrilled. We're here to preview. <laughs> We're here to preview this card. I am Mike Keck. As you saw, Jed Bashu, we can put him back up there. Hello, Jed. And the Hi. Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee, AK. <laughs> Not so positive, and I think we know why. Um, so let's get into it. We have some breaking news right off the bat, if you were not aware. Aspen Lad, this is not breaking news, but she missed weight by two pounds. But the breaking news is, not only did she miss weight, but she will not be getting the Hamzat Shemaev treatment. They will not be reshuffling the entire card around her. In fact, she will not be competing at all tomorrow. Her fight with Sarah McMahon is completely outski. It is not happening. And this is just uh, this is just rough because Jed, this car, we talked about it. While it may end up being fun to watch. Regional cards are fun to watch too, but what we're talking ESPN Plus, this card wasn't tremendous to begin with, and arguably this is one of the top storylines of the card was Aspen Ladd versus Sarah McMahon, despite it being kind of low on the totem pole. So, your reaction to this, Aspen Ladd troubles with the scales yet again, and now this fight with Sarah McMahon not happening tomorrow. You know, uh, we got to go to the barbershop. She got to get cut, man. That's just that's just it. I don't take any real joy in telling someone they need to be unemployed, but 
Uh, what are we doing here? Like, what are we possibly doing here? She said so many issues with this. Uh, it has been cropping its head up particularly recently. This is her re- return to bantamweight because, you know, the one fight 4A to 145, whatever. She just – we just have to be out of the Aspen Lab business. That's it. She – it's a shame. She obviously has a lot of talent. But a lot of people have had a lot of talent in the history of this sport and found ways to shoot themselves in the proverbial foot over and over and over again. She appears to be one of them. So – I we just got to be done done with Aspen Lad. AK, do you agree with that? That this is sort of the end of the line, or does the UFC just say, "Hey, you're a 45er, and that's it"? And if you don't like it, tough nuggies. I don't know what to tell there you. There are 45ers, Mike. They they don't have a division. You can't say, "Hey, you're in this division that doesn't exist." It's not true. Go ahead, AK. Uh, listen, yeah. In defense of, uh, I don't know why I'm defending. Aspen Ladd and her team and whoever else responsible for this, you know, these regular weight misses. Again, because I, I, I should say, I, I don't want to blame just her. I do feel like for whatever reason, she's, her team, her peoples are advising her, yeah, you can do it. Keep trying to fight at 135. We know you can make it. And it's not happening. It's just not happening. She she takes the, the, the uh, you know, the, the brunt of the, the most of the responsibility for sure. Not excusing her anyway. But I do think, uh, yeah, whatever it is, their people, you got to help her get right. And at the same time, I'll say, and I was thinking about it because I had a lot of time to be mad about this because, you know, we found out Lad missed what, like a couple hours ago now or maybe like 90 minutes ago. And then it was just, it was literally just canceled about 10 minutes, like officially announced is canceled about 10 minutes before we went on air right now. Um, but yeah, the miss we knew about for a while. Uh, it is possible, again, the UFC, again, there is no featherweight division technically. So they, I don't know if they're encouraging fighters like her, uh, Macy Chiasson, uh, any others, 135ers that have struggled to make um, that Norma Dumont. I don't know if they're they're encouraging them to try and keep making bantamweight just because they do have that actual division there, and it's a bantamweight that they are. It's a excuse me, it's a division they at least somewhat care about. Um, and, and again, we know the fighters generally don't get together, and are, they're not going to get together and go like, "Hey, let's make a featherweight division together." That just doesn't happen. There, there, there isn't that kind of communication between fighters unless they're teammates. Um, so that's not going to happen. So I, I, I'm just I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, kind of giving excuses for Aspen Ladd and other fighters who keep who keep struggling with 135. Um, again, in a perfect world, they would just go fight at 145. That divi- you could make a, a small division. That's fine. I mean, it wouldn't be a lot of people in it, but some fighters would definitely go up. You bring in new names. There's not a lot out there, but. This sounds. This is damning the division of fame phrase. You could make a division of like a dozen featherweights by the end of 2023. I know, thrilling, thrilling stuff. Everyone at home is everyone watching right now is like, oh wow, they should definitely do it. But um, yeah, listen, if if it if it helps keep, I think like fairly talented fighters like Aspen Ladd and Macy and uh, Norman Dumont around, give it a shot or something because this is just ridiculous. We have a belt at least at 145. Let's at least. Is there some way we can incentivize these fighters to go after it? It's absurd. that This this can't, just, just can't continue. She's not a 135-er. I don't care. She, just, she is just not a 135-er. Yeah, she should not be booked. And another Bantamweight fight moving forward. They release her. Sucks. But if they, they don't release her and she's a 45-er, that, I mean, that's it. There's literally nothing else you could do. She's not a Bantamweight anymore. She should be removed from the rankings. She should not be even considered to be a Bantamweight fighter anymore. You guys are so right. She's not a bandweight anymore. And they don't have a featherweight division, so you have to release her. That's just it. Like it's just we 
I'm not, we don't have to pretend. We don't have to live in the land of make believe that the UFC's not even pretending is real. They don't, they've never had featherweight rankings. They don't believe it's a real division. It was a prop for Chris Cyborg. The minute she got knocked out, they were done with the Chris Cyborg business. And Amanda Nunes just gets to hold the second belt because it looks good on promo posters, man. That's it. And we can all live in this reality and acknowledge that Aspen Ladd is not a UFC fighter at this point in time because she competes in a weight class that they do not support. And that's okay. You know who's in need of people who can't make 135 pounds and who has been signing host after host of ex-UFC fighters, most notably our guy Marlon Marais? The PFL. You need bodies to go get a uh, to to feed to the lioness that is. I shouldn't have said lioness, given that's Nunes' name. Uh, but you know the point I'm making anyway. You gotta feed Kale Harrison. Aspen Ladd is wonderful cannon fodder. Go do that. We're done with her here. So Jed is suggesting no 45 in the UFC. Shoot her up to 55 in the PFL and. I bet she makes 55. I bet she (laughs) makes that weight, which would be nice. That would be something new and different. No scale issues for Aspen Ladd. And by by the way, let me say again, I don't know why I'm being so, so suddenly so uh, not positive, but defensive for Ladd and her team, our understanding. Let me just say, we don't know. There may have been some medical reason. There may have been some injury that, but again, this is not the first time it's happened. So again, if there's an excuse this time, great. You know, Aspen Ladd, that's fine. Then we're not going to pile, we're not going to pile on here, but um, it isn't the first time it's happened. This is a, this is a pattern of behavior at this point. So we can make all the excuses we want at some point when the same thing keeps happening to the same person, it has to be addressed and it has to be uh, for lack of a better word, punished in some way. I thought you were going to add to that, Chad. All all I'm saying is where was all this uh, credulity and support for Hamzat Shemaev? Because the minute that dude misses weight once, everybody's like, he is a middleweight. There's no other explanation for why he missed weight beyond the fact that he is not a 170-pounder. Hey, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. A.K.A. coming at at me over my ranking shenanigans. And I was like, well, maybe this woman (laughs) who – Category. I'm the last one. That, every hold on, hold on. We like, have recordings. Oh. We have recordings that show I, that is this is that this never happened. <laughs> I'm like the, you're. T- you might be talking about a Shaheen Al Shaddy or a, or a Damon Martin. I am the most. I defended you like I defended Aspen Ladd. All right. This is no. I don't care. I. I uh, no. I had no. I listen. The, the Hamza thing is a totally a, a totally different beast. Um, but yeah, I didn't care about you. I, I've defended you. If anything, I mean, I, I shouldn't at this point. I should have learned my lesson. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. You're, Fool me seven gonna, or more times, shame on me. But you're going to be on the right side of history, just like I am with the take that uh, Aspen Ladd. Go to PFL. You can make a million dollars. You won't because you'll never beat Kayla Harrison. But you can have the dream, and what you can make is weight, which will be something you haven't made in a very long time. I just want Sarah McMahon oh, to get a fight. I just wanted to get a fight. She turns 42 years young later this month. I'm sure she would have loved to have had a nice fight purse to celebrate her birthday and possibly a win bonus as well. And now she's not getting either. Uh, maybe they'll find a way to rebook her quickly, but that's that's Dude, so up in the air. Let's be real. Like, no no disrespect. Let's let's do Luma Luke Bon Me. Who cares about Denise Gomez? It's like, we're fine. 
I know that they're not the same weight class, but like, let's let Sarah McMahon eat, you know? Let's do it. Jed's matchmaking today has been incredible. We're going to throw an Adam weight in with a with the Bantamweight. That's always Okay. Fun. Oh, I, I forgot we had the Agapova Robertson fight on. Yeah, it's, give her to yeah. one of those women and let them fight for <laughs> that's, that's, that's better. That's better, yeah. You, uh, UFC 279 has broken everything because we now feel like, hey, look, anything's possible now after 279. You can do whatever I you mean, want. It could be. Why not? Maybe it should be. Everyone have fun. Fights are fun. So two last quick things. One, this is unfortunate. And two, it's hard to defend my best friend over here when Jed was trying to make his point about Hamza Chimaev. And because I, I listened to this ranking show yesterday for a little while. And before you let Jed speak, AK said, I have a question. How dare you? That's what you said. Those words came out <laughs> oh, of your mouth. That yeah. was, hold on. That was in defense of Leon Edwards, though. My, that, that, has, I, that has nothing to do with me. Like, oh, how high he thinks of Hamza Shemaev. I don't care about that. It was... The blatant disrespect of Leon Edwards it had nothing. I don't care about. It had, I don't care about the missing weight. I don't care if Hamza had made weight and beaten Nate Diaz, and then he had put him number one. I would have said the same thing. I would have said. I would have said no. How can you put him number one with a win over Nate Diaz? That's absurd. So it had nothing to do with the weight. Has nothing to do with Fair what enough. Leon did and what what Hamza has not done. So I, mean, I stand by Nate that. Diaz, I stand by that. How dare you? Nate Diaz did beat Leon Stockton rules, so that's okay. Sure, sure. I should have Nate well, ranks, honestly. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's go to a bantamweight fight that is going to happen. It is the main event: Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yidong. Big one at 135 pounds. AK, I'll begin with you because we haven't really gotten your thoughts on all this because we had Sean and we had Jed on BTL yesterday. But main event, we got some stakes here. Song Yidong, young, exciting guy. He's 24. He's going to be 25 in December. Taking on a guy in Corey Sandhagen who has lost his last two now. Mind you, it was to TJ Dillashaw and Piotr Jan, but it's two losses nonetheless. So before we get into the actual X's and O's of this fight, AK, I'm just going to ask you the question here. Is this a must-must-have for Corey Sandhagen tomorrow, considering what this division looks like? Uh, no, no, I don't think it is. Uh, I, I was just about to say, I, I hope, regardless of the result on Saturday, and I know this isn't how combat sports works, that neither man's reputation is is you know is hurt too badly. Now, just logistically, yes. If you're Corey Sanhagen, you lose three straight fights. Again, it doesn't matter. Let's we can dive into the circumstances of those fights in a second. On paper, it's three straight. He's he's a top five contender, yes. But I mean, unless he can somehow snag a rematch with Piotr Jan, or or, or if Aljamain Sterling loses to um, Tita Dillashaw and he gets like a T- Aljamain Sterling fight, unless he can somehow get a big fight with one of the people ahead of him, which is unlikely right now. He's going to have to sort of keep fighting back as he has here. And if he loses to Song Yadong, he might have to fight even further back. I don't know. So it's not it's not a death sentence for him by any means. Um, and again, t- to mention the details, TJ Dillashaw fight super close. No matter who you scored it for, I mean, to say that 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 fight doesn't didn't um, make you think more of Corey Sanhagen as a as championship material would be strange. I think it was a great super competitive fight. And then the Piotr Jan fight takes it on less on about three weeks' notice. Actually does pretty well against Jan in the first few rounds and, and, and just gets outlasted by one of the best strikers and best fighters in all of MMA. So no shame there. So those are your two losses. Uh, now, a loss of Song Yidong, we're heard a bit more. Song, of course, does not have the reputation of a Dillashaw, does not have the reputation of a Piotr Jan, but he's getting there. He's getting there. He has one loss in the UFC. There's been some close calls there. There's been some, some splits, some draws that some could argue maybe should have gone against him. But again, if we're just talking about records... Eight, one, and one. So that's super solid. So um, it, it's not like the worst thing for Corey Sandhagen to lose to him. But 
it is a guy who is uh, substantially behind reputation-wise. Number 14 in our ranking, Song Yudong. Uh, Corey Sang currently number four. So it'll be a real shakeup if Song wins. Uh, and as for Song, yeah, definitely definitely not a must-win for Song. Again, he's uh, only 24 years old, doesn't turn 25 until the end of the year. Uh, it'd be great if he, if he could do it. It would accelerate his development and his standing with the company real fast. But he can lose this fight, go back to the drawing board, and uh, and get another crack at uh, getting a title shot maybe in 2023. I agree with it not being a must-must win for Song Yudong because he's 24, about to be 25. Like he's not even he's still like three years away from his athletic prime. So we haven't seen the best of Song Yudong. We, we're we're st- even if he wins tomorrow, it still won't be the best we're going to see from this guy. But Jed, I mean Corey Sanhagen. Yanza, a tough loss. I mean, it was a great fight. Losing to Dillashaw stings, even though a lot of people feel Corey won that fight. But you're you've lost two straight, Jed. You're two and three in your last five, and two of those losses are to both guys fighting for the title in October. So to me, I feel like this is a must-win for Corey Sanhag. I'm not saying like he's gonna get cut or anything, but in terms of his chase to the title. If he wants to get it like before 2024, 2025, he's got to win this fight. Does he not? He sure does. Uh, I said yesterday on BTL, so I'll, I'll reiterate some of that, but I'll even expound on it because I have added more thoughts in the same vein here. Of This is incredibly important to him because the loss here, I think, probably ruins his chances of ever holding the belt and maybe ever challenging for the belt. Now, that feels a bit extreme to say, but... He's 30 or 31, and the bigger problem here is he has losses to Piotr Jan. He's got losses to TJ Dillashaw. Whether you think he deserved it or not is still a loss. Got a loss to Aljo. It's three of the top five dudes. And then he would also have a loss to Song. When there are four dudes who have beaten you above you, it gets really difficult to weave your way back to a title shot in that. Again, you know, he he obviously has fought for – uh, it was an interim belt, right? When he fought uh, T. Um, Jan, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he's fought for belt before, but he wants to get back to the real belt or get to the real belt. It's gonna be really tough with four guys in front of you, especially Song. Who, if he wins this, I believe it will be the moment. It will be Song Yudong's coming out party because he's twenty four. What he has shown so far, he shouldn't beat Corey Santagen, but he is 24. So if he wins, it means he's made that leap. He has jumped, elevated his game to the next tier. And I don't see a world where if Song elevates his game up and Corey can't beat him, he ain't never going to beat him because he's not getting younger and Song will always, it will still only be getting better. So in that respect, I think it's critical. Here's the other side of what AK is saying because. This is not to call you out, AK. This is more of a holistic thing about how people make argumentation in, in MMA because they do. everybody does this all the time. Hell, I do it. 100% agree. Corey Sandhagen's losses, top shelf competition. Just listed it out. Ain't no shame in that. The other side of that coin, his wins aren't, aren't good. Like they're, they're not bad. I'm not here to decry them, but like – he has beaten nobody currently ranked right now. Like in our rankings, in the UFC's rankings, his wins are Frankie Edgar, who's literally about to retire and is just old in general. Marlon Marias, who at the time that felt like a good win, but then we found out that actually Marlon Marias was just in f- career free fall and now he's doing the whole PFL thing. 
Rafael Asuncao, which again, at the time, that's a good win, but that, that win hasn't aged because Asuncao isn't still a top bantamweight. Like he doesn't have any wins over relevant things. This happens all the time. Stipe's resume, I harp on this incessantly. Stipe hasn't beaten a ranked heavyweight, not named Francis Ngannou or whatever. Uh, it happens all over, all up and down divisions. And the problem is if he doesn't beat Song here and he's on a three-fight losing streak, then it really throws into relief a lot more that he ain't he ain't got the wins. He's going to need to beat dudes. He's going to have to, to AK's point, fight backwards and probably pr- fight further back because he's going to drop to like seven or eight in the rankings. He's going to have to fight another top 15-ish guy. And it's, it's just really bad for him. He needs this to get a win over a currently ranked opponent to stay relevant in the title conversation and mostly to prevent total free fall because I think that's what happens if he loses. Not that he doesn't have the skills, just that the way it all shakes out, a loss is pretty catastrophic to his career. Uh, I will correct you on one thing. He does have a win over someone in our rankings. Uh, so Ooh. I was wrong. Song Yadong is number 13. Corey Sanhagen has beaten our number 14 bantamweight, one Mr. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Didn't, oh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, John Lineker. Well, there's no way Lineker, we have Lineker as a ranked He's ranked. Weight. He is number 14, baby. How? Read it Read it and weep. <laughs> 145 pull- pounds under the one championship weight system, but 135 pounds in our hearts. He is number 14 in the official rankings. Well, so, <laughs> I, I, so I, he may or may not be based on the conversation we've been having about <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole weight class. Unresolved, but if anyone listened to the podcast this week, our discussion about uh, trying to figure out how one weight class should be handled, unresolved. <laughs> to put it nice, too, too oh. long, didn't listen, unresolved. Uh, and, also, and, and if we care about the UFC rankings. Let me rankings, just say. Hold on. If we care about the UFC uh, rankings, Frankie Edgar is number so you know make of that what you will he does have a win over frank yeager who was 12th but okay he doesn't have a win over any top 10 guy in either rankings. Fine. okay More also i would i would love to argue with apparently several people who have john lineker ranked because i love i love hands of stone that dude's <laughs> awesome but beating i mean i guess if you want to put a lot of stock in bibiano fernandez and then troy yes. worthen is troy uh-huh. worthen a good <laughs> It's why don't we talk about some of the guys Gafferov? you have ranked? Why don't we talk about some of the guys you have ranked from one and like KSL? You don't want to go down this road, pal. You don't want to go down this I will, road. <laughs> I will <laughs> always go down. I'm not gonna. My KSW ranks are heavyweights. Like who? Like who cares? Who cares about heavyweight? I'm just saying, Arjun uh, Bular was in there. It is heavyweight, fair enough. But Arjun Bular, yeah, it's, a, it's it's heavyweight. And again, and you can't you I can't do, even name one person he beat. I rank I rank based <laughs> on vibes. You guys look okay. theoretically rank based on wins and John Lineker. I'm not confident. John Lineker, John Lineker has, has, wins. has wins over Bibiano and Cheeto Vera. So I don't know. I don't know where you want to go with this, but I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't think John Lineker should be anybody's top 10 Bantam weight, which apparently some, some people here have, I am stunned by this. There's you a whole learn other, something Mike, new every Mike, day. Help us, help us. <laughs> Look at the little corner. Look at the little circle. <laughs> Hashtag the rogue rogue. Oh, hey. Casey, you don't have him at number 10. Somebody has him higher than you do. You have him okay, at 11. What you're saying. Well, He's God saying you're them. right, Jack. God, God bless them. They, 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 <laughs> they, they, are, they are braver than me. They are braver. I, I didn't want to feel the wrath of AK on the podcast, so that's why uh, I've had I mean, AK has Lineker ranked. Mm-hmm. I am shocked. Well, 
I'd, I'd also like to say, isn't it dope how we're just trying our hardest to talk about anything other than this garbage? <laughs> what do you mean? No. This is, these were logical digressions. These are logical digressions, I think. All right, let's 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 continue on. We'll make picks in a moment. But AK, what is what is a win over Corey Sanhagen in the year of our Lord 2022 do for Song Yidong? Because as Jed said, if he is to go out to win, Corey Sanhagen is a super talented dude. And this win is going to mean something in the diehards hearts like all of us we're gonna be like wow this is an impressive performance but in the ufc's eyes do they if he goes out there and just beats Corey sanhagen is he do you think the ufc will be fully on board here will a big fight and a bigger name be on his radar next or is he gonna be you know kind of hanging out in the bottom tier of the top 10 because to me a win over Corey sanhagen means a lot yeah, uh, Jed, Jed kind of said it. Like, it, it, you would have to bump Sanhagen down. Sanhagen probably falls behind Marab, falls behind. I'm looking at our rankings right now. Falls behind Marab, falls behind Aldo, maybe falls behind Cheeto. So he falls somewhere in the 7 8 range, and then you put Song above him. No, so I wouldn't jump Song in the top five. He would be behind Marab and, uh, and Aldo. But um, yeah, to go from, again, outside the top 10. Uh, he's never had a top 10 ranking, not in our rankings, not in the UFC's fake rankings. Um, but you would have to put him up there. Obviously, uh, Corey is top five, like unanimously look at any rankings anywhere. He's top five. Um, he'd be knocked out. Song would move up and again, just be outside the top five himself. So yeah, big win for him. And, and reputation wise, he kind of needs it because yes, we keep talking about how young he is, but man, he's, he's gone such an upward trajectory that, you know, I mean, sometimes you only, we know in combat sports, in the UFC, you only get that upward trajectory once. Like I like to say, you know, because I'm super optimistic that for him and Corey, oh, you can fall back down and get back up. And it happens, but also sometimes you have that, you have the Cody Garbrandt all the way to the top, the title, and just plummeted down, has not even come close to getting back to where he was before. And that happens. And then, you know, every year it goes by and you go, oh, Cody's only 28, Cody's only 29, Cody's only 30. And then before you know it, he's, you know, in his, he's 31 and we're like, well, I guess not happening for Cody now. And I, I don't think that happens to Song, but sure enough, he could lose one big fight to Corey Sanhagen. And then next year it's, oh, he's only 25. He's only 26. He's only 27. And then before we know it, he never finds that big win. And he's just another another also ran. So the Marlon Moraes win was huge. Great one for the highlight reel. Great name to have. Um, but he does need that convincing win over kind of a current big name. Um, Marlon Vera, a lot of people thought that fight was a robbery. I don't agree. But again, public, it, it was certainly was not the most convincing victory. Not something that was going to vault him again into a top five, top 10 spot. Um, he's had, like I said, he's had some other close calls in there, but he's really starting to show some, some consistency. And if he can cap off this run with a either decisive decision win or a knockout of Sanhagen, he's on that short list, man. They're going to call him if everything goes wrong uh, for a for bantamweight teleshot. He's on that short list. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's quite earned it unequivocally, but don't be surprised if he got a short notice call like Corey Sanhagen did uh, last year. That could be song. Currently the betting odds, according to our friends at DraftKings, Corey Sanhagen, a minus 190 favorite to come back on Song Yudong plus 160. Jed, you obviously have a gambling podcast with GC called No Bets Bard. Great podcast. Great podcast. For those who didn't hear, what is your official pick here? Will it, ha, will this be the official arrival in your eyes of one song Yudong, or will Corey Sandhagen get back in the win column? I'm taking Corey Sandhagen. Uh, I I can't bet on on the leap until I've seen the leap. So if it happens, it'd be awesome because Song Yudong has a ton of potential, uh, and if he really does elevate, you know, to be 
early 20s and awesome is going to be just incredible because, you know, we can run a rematch with Cheeto Vera or whatever next, and that would be just gangbusters. So it'd be cool. Uh, I'm just banking on – I'm betting on what I know. I think Corey Sandhagen, he's got the length. He's got the volume. Uh, maybe on a punch-per-punch punch basis, Song Yudong hits a little harder, but I think Corey's just going to outwork him, a little more variety, a little more flash, and probably just take this one – on the cards, I mean, maybe a stoppage as the rounds get later, but uh, I think we're we're in for at least 15, if not 25 minutes of action. It's going to be a dope fight. Yeah, it's a great point right there about the five rounds. It'll be the first time Song Yudong gets a five-round fight in the UFC. So, AK, can the young man get it done here? Can he pull off the upset or will Corey Sanhagen get back on track? I'm like the worst person in the world at being able to call when someone makes a leap, like both ways. Uh, I, I, I've gone, I've gone too fast, saying like, "Oh yeah, this is the one. This is this is where this guy's gonna beat this veteran and 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 make it to take their spot." I've been wrong in that way, and I've been wrong the other way, where I go like, "Ah, it's too soon." You know, he's not. I don't think he's gonna make it. So people, uh, again, never listen to me for betting advice. But if by, if by any chance I, I, my words influence you, please wager accordingly. Uh, I'm, in, I'm definitely leaning once again the cautious way. I just don't know if Song is there yet. I think what we've seen from Sanhagen is, is so much more convincing. Um, Jen makes a great point that, yeah, he's fought like some more veteran guys that aren't really relevant in the rankings anymore. Like That's what um, Sanhagen's big wins are. But I still think that that experience is very helpful, beating the Frankie Edgars, um, beating the, the Marlon Marais, which they both have, um, beating the, the Rafael Sanzaos. Like I think these are wins are important. Um, so I think his quality competition has been just a little bit higher. It's it's actually like a really good matchup on paper. Like I'm not, I don't think any, it's like going to be a blowout for Sanhagen by any means. I think that this is like a competitive five round fight. Like it could be 49, 46 Sanhagen at the end with, you know, one, you know, a few clear rounds for him and a couple of toss ups. Um, but yeah, I do like the experience. I just do like what I've seen from him so far. So I'm leaning towards Sanhagen, uh, Sanhagen by decision. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, AK. I I I song's gonna have his moments, and by the time we enter the third round, we could be at a one-one. But I think this is where Corey starts to pull away, and I think he does end up winning a decision. But yeah, should be fun. It'll be a competitive 49-46, but ultimately, I do think Corey Sandhagen gets it done. And I also believe that if a finish happens in this fight, this is not a big shocker. It'll probably come from the hands or feet of of Song Yudong. So. I think we're going to get a full 25. I think we're going to see a lot from both guys. And like I said before, this was this this loss won't derail him at all. It'll just be a little setback, and he's got plenty of time to go. So, yeah, I think Corey Sanhagen gets it done. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. AK, I'll go back to you because, look, the top three fights on this card should be fun. Andre Feely, Bill Algio will be fun. 
Chidi and Jaguani, Gregory Rodriguez. You know that's going to be fun in the co-main event. Main event's good. There's some like there's some fights that have the potential to be fun on this card, but top to bottom, what's the gymnastic score for UFC Vegas sixty eight k? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> when that noise starts off, let me tell you something. Uh, it, I was. I was being kind of positive because I do like the top three fights. I do. Like, I was even more positive after Tanner Bozer weighed in 32 pounds lighter than Rodrigo Nascimento for their heavyweight bout. I love that. Just give me some old school freakiness. And Bozer looked fantastic on the scale, by the way. I mean, uh, I don't think he plans to, but if you're telling me that guy is like planning a move down to 205, it 100% looks like he can make it. He looked really, really, really good uh, on the scale today. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, there was this bantamweight bout on the prelims that I was pretty jazzed about, and uh, it's not happening anymore for one reason or another. I guess we don't need to bring that up again. But uh, yeah, that fight being taken off drops this from like a potential like seven point six on the degree of difficulty scale, Mike, to like wow, like six point eight. Wow, that fight was worth generous man. That fight was worth point eight points. <laughs> that's how interested I was in, in what was going to happen. With, not just because this would be the most exciting fight, because I did want to see what would the you know what that fight would mean for Aspen Lad's career going forward, what it means for Sarah Man's career going forward. Because again, she's been around; she's a veteran. You know, you, you I don't know how many fights she has left in her, but if she beats Aspen Lad, she's top ten in our ranking. She holds on to that. Who knows? She creeps her way to a Amanda Nunes title shot somehow. I don't know, but the intrigue was there. The intrigue is now gone. I hope they never rebook that fight. I hope they give Sarah Man someone uh, much more reliable and uh, and that the 0.8 points uh, will be transferred to another card in the future. AK, I just, I don't want to influence your score, but let me just uh-huh. point out one very important mm-hmm. thing with Aspen Ladd and Sam man no longer fighting. And granted it's the second most important fight on the card. This event does go from 14 fights to 13. Oh, that's true. So <laughs> that is a plus. <laughs> That's is it maybe maybe worth 0. 0.7 of a of a point you know like just get, <laughs> just give it a little bit of a boost for dropping to 13 <laughs> it's it's tightened up the card you're saying it's made, it's tighter it's a tighter 13 it's, made, it's a little, it's leaner you know svelte <laughs> sure sure we cut off like a very important piece of it but like you know still less weight so okay. sure a tree with 13 limbs is still a tree mm-hmm. it's still a tree mm-hmm. may not be the biggest you know, most bustling tree, but it is a tree nonetheless. And sometimes trees stand out. And listen, I don't want look, look at the card on paper. It's not great. It's not great on paper. But it this doesn't mean that it can't be that we can't watch it and be like, oh, that was that was pretty fun to watch. It's just top to bottom with the names on it. It's just not a great card on paper. And that's that's okay. It's, they can't it's all not be a- it's Great. not an issue of fun. I say this every time. Exactly. This is it has nothing to do with fun because fun is subjective. And so if you like this, awesome. I don't want to yuck your yum. If you are watching our program, I love you forever because you let me do what I do for a living. And this fight, these fights in some way contribute to that. So if this is what you want to do on Saturday, hell yeah. Dope. Do the thing that makes you happy. I'll probably enjoy some of these fights because some of them will be stupid fun. These are not fights that matter in a way that matters. And that's the issue. As fun as this event might be, everything could be dope and insane and cool. And at the end of the year, when we're talking about the events of the year and the storylines that matter, 
ain't nothing happening from this one. And that's just, that's just the truth. And if you can't hear that, I'm sorry, but nothing that is occurring this weekend matters. Not even in the grand cosmic sense that none of this matters in the actually in MMA outside of the main event, maybe the co-main event is something that we're going to be talking about as a relevant thing in a couple of months. The rest of it, this is filling a Saturday. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that, but it is what it is. Exactly. If the Thursday night football game is the Cleveland Browns versus the New York Jets, exactly, if you want to watch man. it, have at it. Have at it. And if you want to go out football. and play darts with your buddies, that's okay too. Like that I can is, understand why you would want to do that. That you nailed it. Because like last night's game doesn't work because Chargers-Chiefs is like a big early season matchup. But – at some point, there's going to be a Thursday night game that blows or whatever, and it's like probably pretty soon. And that's fine. I'm going to watch the hell out of it. I have nothing else to do on Thursday night, and I love football. But it's not a thing that matters. It's the exact right comparison, Mike. Yeah, and if the Jets win 48-45 in a shootout, it doesn't make it any better on paper. I'm just saying yeah. it was just a fun game. That's all. <laughs> We're not dogging on the fighters of the card. People bring that up all the time. It's just not the case. So uh, the top three fights are fun. The co-main event's great. Jed, did you want to talk about Andre Feely versus Bill Algio? I mean, I you said care. before he got started, you wanted to start here. So go ahead. Oh, I was just more, uh, I don't remember exactly what I had on that. It was something along the lines of uh, even if Bill, Bill Algio wins this fight, because like Bill Algio is kind of cool um, and he can win this fight. And if he does, like that'll be cool. But we were having the conversation before we, before we went live about what the relevant fights were. Like it's like obviously the main event is relevant. Aspen Lad McMahon was relevant, and nothing else has ranked fighters or, frankly, fighters who can be ranked with a win. I was making the argument that theoretically a win for Gregory Rodriguez, Robocop, my boy, AK, I believe he's your boy as well, uh, in the co-main oh. event. Yeah, a, a win for Gregory Rodriguez in the co-main event could maybe sneak him into that top fifteen space. Uh, just because the there's a controversy around the Petrosian loss or whatever, and uh, he'd be like six and one or something in the UFC, so like a good performance maybe gets him a ranked number, but like outside of that, there's not a lot. And one of you threw out Bill Algio with the win, maybe could be in the conversation, and he's he probably just isn't even in the conversation because featherweight's super deep, and we don't talk about it because the the battle is between lightweight and bantamweight for the best division in the sport. Featherweight's also incredibly deep and awesome. And so like, even with another good win for Bill Algio, he's still probably only top 25, not even top 15. And it's just tough. Like it, it's tough to make hay in that weight class. That's an interesting point because as fun as that fight is AK, true or false, this is the best featherweight fight on the card. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it that. I'll give it that. Um, I like the. I'm you, you, oh, sorry, you, you guys are. I blacked out for a second. You guys said Feely Algier, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that the best I like the, fight on the card? I mean, I like the Damon Jackson Sabatini fight. I do think some people uh, might be expecting that to be a little bit of a grind, especially if it goes Sabatini's way. He's such an outstanding wrestler, and he's going to want to, you know, he's not going to want to play around with, um, you know, Damon. Like, he's not going to be looking for fun scrambles with Damon Jackson on the ground. He's going to try to get to top position, control, ground and pound, and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah. Feely Algio is a great fight. It's it's in the right spot. It's where it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, as far as rankings implications, eh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it is 
you know, we once, I think Andre Feely once was viewed as a guy who could be a top 10 fighter. Um, it's certainly not too late, though he's, he's definitely um, sort of filed into the perhaps the ship has sailed uh, on him, you know, category of fighters. Uh, he's just been around a long time. I think we know who Andre Feely is. And what he is, is a very, very fun fighter, as is, as is Bill Algio. So, um, yeah, this is one card I would say overall. We really cannot worry about rankings and vacations. Will guys crack the top of Dean? I mean, if they do, great. Uh, so, as they do in the UFCs, good for them. Very doubtful. I think any of these make our top fifteen, which keep, which people need to keep in mind. Also includes um, fighters from other promotions. So, unfortunately, winning on a random uh, fight night card uh, isn't the greatest thing for your resume. Ak, let me ask you a question. Nah. Just nah. looking at the card, look outside of the main event, and I, I agree. I don't think in, nobody's making a rankings debut with a win here. I'll take it a step further. Looking at this card, who do you even? Who can you even see making it into our rankings within, let's call it two years? Because I oh, have yeah, one, two, three, maybe five people like have the potential to make our rankings. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, again, and again, and we have to talk about like relative to division because like I like Tony Grapple. I like, I like, I like, tough. yeah. I like Tony Gravely and Javid Basharat a lot. And like whoever, I think a lot of people high on, are high on Javid as well. And they think he could be top 15. But in Bantamweight, that takes you like at, at least a year. And that's assuming you're healthy. That's assuming you get three fights in 20 uh, next year. Uh, that's assuming you get one of those guys is a decent like top 20, top 25 opponent. And that just might not be the case. It, it might not happen. So taking into account divisional strength, I actually kind of like uh, Joseph Pfeiffer's chances. I'm, uh, maybe I'm over... He's going to, for one thing, on Saturday, apologies to Alan Amadovsky. Pfeiffer is going to look like a, like a champion. Uh, he is going to, it's not going to be a good time for Alan Amadovsky on Friday. And I know people are already high about uh, Pfeiffer after his contender series performance, which was really good. Um, so again, maybe, and maybe I've just been dazzled by that as well, but I could see him cracking top 15 at middleweight. Uh, but, but in 2023, it can happen with, with the right fights and, and with, with health. So that'll be like, if I had to pick one name, I'm all in on the the Pife man. What's his nickname? Really? His nickname? Not what do they call him? Uh, I have no idea what Pife is. <laughs> the, Pife, the Pife man. I his body bags. Body I can't, bags. Is I actually, can't believe oh, it's with not. With a Z. With a Z. Yes. How is it not going to be good? I thought it'd be RoboCop would be your one guy because I think RoboCop. Uh, is I love him. Our top fifteen. He's gotten votes. He's gotten votes for our rankings before. I just, uh, I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure he beats Enji Kawani. Enji Kawani, I think, is, is really good. And he may also end up getting a vote uh, after Saturday's card. So we'll see. I think it's, we got that fight. We got Feely Aljo, Amadovsky, who actually, who did end up making weight on his second try, 185 and a half. Yes, he did. Uh, against Joe Pfeiffer. And you know the UFC is going to push that dude to the moon because of, Dana's speech and be Joe Pfeiffer. Uh, Tanner Bozier back, first fight in 15 months. He looks like a different human being. He looks like Fantastic. he's ripped. He looked ripped. He's got and muscles. He in, he's got muscles. Tanner Bozier got muscles, muscles fighting Rodrigo <laughs> Nasabato. Anthony Hernandez, Mark Andre Barrio kicks off the main card. I feel like a lot of people feel like Damon Jackson, Pat Sabatini is the low key banger, even though it's the featured prelim, but no one's really talking about that. I think it's going to be a great fight. Before we go to the peeps, Jed, is there another fighter flying under the radar here that you are excited to watch tomorrow that you have questions about that you hope to have answered by the time you do the post-fight show? Really good question. I'm not sure if there's anybody who have big questions about, especially under the radar. I have questions in the co-main event because I am high on RoboCop 
and I think Chitty is a really good step. But I'm picking him to win that fight. Uh, I guess if there's the person I have the most questions, which is not the same as the person I'm probably the most interested to watch, the one I think I'm the most interested to watch is Javid Basharat, uh, just because I think he's pretty dope uh, and could be pretty cool. But most questions is Daniel Zell, uh, Daniel Zell Huber, uh, 23-year-old kid, good good frame for, for lightweight, look good, body beautiful baby. He's coming in, looks good off the bus, uh, can strike, he can grapple. He's got all the signs, big paws and a puppy. You know, he's got a lot of signs that are good for growth and development and being a very relevant, very quality lightweight. He hadn't proved it against anybody of worth, really. So uh, he he's coming in. This is, I mean, come, came off the contender series. I, I want to see what he looks like here because, I mean, he is very young, but he has all the good traits. So if he can develop, if he can show something for real here, he's going to be a guy to watch in the lightweight, which talk about it all the time, best division of sport, already has a bunch of dudes to watch. He's going to be the next dude. If right now we are coming on the crest of the Armin Saruki and Matush Gamrot, Jalen Turner, like that whole is that whole group is now finally coming up to get their flowers. We might be looking at Zell Huber as one of the one of the dudes in the next wave of 155ers. Completely agree with everything you said. Uh, I had a lot of the same questions heading into the contender series fight. Lucas Almeida is a damn good fighter. And he won that fight and that win ages well because Lucas went on to win his next two, including stopping Mike Trezano in his UFC debut, which was ultra impressive. AK, I feel like that's the correct answer, but you're an out-of-the-box thinker. Anybody else stand out to you in that regard? Uh, besides Pfeiffer and besides who we just talked about? Zell Huber. Besides Zell Huber? Yes. Uh, you could just say no. That's fine. No, no, I feel like I, I I'm supposed to be some some smart inside. Oh, you know, let's shout out let's shout out Denise Gomez. I don't know. I don't know if she's going to uh, beat Loma Lukbunmi. Uh I'm just going to plug um uh Guillermo Cruz's excellent uh feature he did. I, I think it'll drop on Saturday, so it's probably not out yet, but uh she has a spoiler. She owns a Muay Thai win over top, top 5 strawweight contender Marina Rodriguez. So if anyone's looking for a little intrigue, uh, besides you know the fact that it's Loma's fighting, which is always fun, uh, yes, this newcomer, uh, Contender Series signee, Denise Gomez, got a bit of a backstory to her. So uh, so I think she's intriguing. And, and also it's strawweight. I think um, it's a good, you know, sorry, it's, it's, a, it's not a bad division, but I think climbing up there is it's not super hard. I think two or three good wins you can get up there. So she can make a statement against Luke Boon Mi. Again, a very tough matchup for her because if it's going to be a Muay Thai fight, I mean... <laughs> Loma's one of the last people you want to be in there with but like I said Denise's got some uh, credentials on her feet herself so um, yeah I'll, I'll throw that out there as a sleeper name but we are we are getting a little bit uh, we are digging a little bit deep here I feel yes uh, down to 13 fights but the other good thing that probably bumps up the gymnastics score a little bit more 4pm start time 4pm start time 7pm main card we'll be wrapped and packed we'll be starting this, the post fight show before 10pm Eastern so uh, gotta love that Casey Come on in. Let's bring in the I love peeps it because as well. It means, it means we can wrap the post show and then go right into Triple G Canelo 3. Yes. So, uh, timing by the is going to be. Oh, you mean where, where they don't mix any of the martial arts? Oh, so I know. That's why, that's so. why AK is so excited. 
By the way, uh, the first poll, 75% no. Uh, people do not think that Aspen Ladd will ever compete at Bantamweight again. So uh, not a good sign there. Uh, probably people she will hadn't been in the Bantamweight in a long time anyway. So her, sure her last fight, didn't she make it? The featherweight. Yeah. No, she fought, uh, she fought Raquel Pennington and did not look good. At featherweight, right? You, no, this is a Bantamweight bout, I believe. Oh, Raquel Pennington fought. Oh, I forget. She, Raquel Pennington did fight in a uh, catchweight boat with, uh, with uh, Chiesa. I know. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. why Chiesa and Lad. Uh, yeah, she weighed 136. Their, she made weight for their, that fight. Their, their, misses, their misses do tend ha, to have get, Lad and, uh, get. Have Lad and, and Macy fought yet? Oddly, no. I don't think so, right? They, they, they were, weren't. No, wasn't Lad supposed to fight and then she blew weight and the doctor didn't uh, let her fight? Correct. Yes. Twice. They were both twice together. That's right. This is correct. Yeah, Macy got uh, hurt right before the fight in July, and then they rebooked it for October, and that's when the weight cut thing happened with Alan. So, yeah, if they just made it like a featherweight bout, it wouldn't have been an issue. Like, what's, what's the, what are we doing? What's the point? Anyway, I'm sorry, don't, guys, don't make me mad about this again. <laughs> uh, new poll: How will you be watching UFC Vegas 60? Uh, the options are from the from the very beginning, from the first preliminary bout, just the main card. Uh, catch a replay after and just hard pass, not watching at all. Uh, of course, our fans are hardcore. Fifty nine percent say this will they will be watching this card from the very first fight at four p.m. Um, and so will uh, we. If we're with you. The, so will we. For the forty one percent of you, is that how math works? I did that. No, right? twenty yes. three percent saying just the main card. Thirteen percent saying they will catch a replay. Five only five percent saying like not playing no, much at all. For the forty one percent who aren't watching it live. Make sure you go to MMAfighting.com. It's a great website. website. We're going to have all the best highlights broken out for you. Live blog for the main event because the rest of these fights are garbage, so we won't live blog them. <laughs> we'll have a post-fight reaction show. You can get all of your content needs at MMAfighting.com. Great website. All right. <laughs> the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You ready? Let's hear from from the peeps. Let's go. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I just want to point out, uh, where is it? Um, Dana White is in the chat uh, under his burner account, so I'm going to throw his, I'm gonna throw his comments up here. Dana White burner account right here. We do not. I address this specifically. Yeah. Can I read this out for the podcast? Yeah, read it for the podcast, yeah. The, the, Jag Gaming says, you never know how good a card is until the fights are done. They could have unbelievable finishes. You've got to reserve judgment until after a watch. So, guys, remember, there's no such thing as a bad card. There's no such Because you can't know until you... So, technically, there's never a bad lineup. It's so easy to be a promoter because there's no, there's no such thing as a bad card. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. And, there's, no, uh, there's no bad card. And, I uh, love this. Not- <laughs> it's great logic because... You also can retroactively reapportion your time. 
So because you can't know if the card's good until after, you have to watch it. But then afterwards when the card is bad, you do have the ability to go take all back all that time you spent and then <laughs> do something else with it because that's how the world works. That's how time oh, wait, works, yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> you have to make choices beforehand and yeah. we can make educated guesses about things that matter and things that yes. don't. People, yeah. it's okay to be critical. It's okay. You, you can love the UFC. You, you can love MMA and you can be critical. It's okay to be critical. <laughs> More than that, you can demand more. You can you believe in yourselves, fans, that you, <laughs> you want a better product. You can ask for better things. You do not have to take what the bourgeoisie UFC brass are feeding you. You can say, no, give me better. I no. want better. It is okay no. to demand better things for yourself, not just in fight viewing, but in life. It's okay. Ooh, wow. Oh, I, de I deserved Tyson Pager for his Harry Huntsucker, Jed. I deserved that. That's We that's, do. We willingly <laughs> work in this space. We deserve everything we get. I'm saying that the fans deserve more, and they deserve to ask for more. <laughs> well said. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. Dana White's um, burner account. And Oh, I'd also like to point out another comment this Jag Gaming put out there. On paper, Dana White Contender Series is better than the upcoming fight card. Say, so how can you say that? Like, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree because it only has five fights. That's dope. That's why and I love the Contender Series. And it's on a Tuesday. That's awesome. Yeah. And the pay, just remember, before this season, it actually used to be better because they would just go fight to fight to fight to fight to fight. Yes. Okay? I was about to say, it's they a little used to have this pacing year. too. Like, so. It's a little slower this year. Oh, they, 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 oh. I, I refuse to watch Contender Series live, but they, they slowed it down now. It's, I mean, it's not like, it's not more commercials, more commercials or. It's not PFL pacing, no. but it ain't. No. It, but it, it's not. <laughs> no. It, it used to be a <laughs> high octane. PFL. Here's five fights and we're out of mm -hmm. here. And that was awesome. Like that was the best. All right. Uh, la, 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 la. Um, little off topic from last week, but I want to just someone. Yeah, know, I mentioned wanna, them already. I, I respond to them in the comments. Oh, yeah, okay. AMC someone asking for a Lee Rodriguez rap review, guys. There's there's bit that rap review. It's out there. Uh, Lee versus Rodriguez has been up since Monday, and uh, spoiler, it was not a robbery. Don't and don't give the spoiler away. No, I don't. No, I don't care. Get the click. It's been out since Monday. It's been out since Monday. No, no, no. I'm going for outrage clicks now because everyone seems to be so <laughs> unanimously. Oh, Lee killed him. Lee killed him. I'm like, what fight were you watching? What Show people me. said there was knockdowns. I'm like, nobody got knocked down in that fight. That's not a thing. That's not a thing that happened. Like, listen, I don't listen. I don't mind people thinking Lee won. Uh, you could make a very strong case that yeah. Lee won. But but people, I have so many comments saying like, it's such a clear robbery. How can you not see? And I'm like. Let me listen. Let's look at this. Listen. Watch the fight again. I get. I guarantee you most of these people didn't watch the fight more than once. I guarantee it. I, some of them probably sure. did. And if you did and you mm -hmm. commented, thank you. Then I welcome your criticism. Most people probably didn't. Watch the fight again. Break it down like I did. Go read my article. Be a geek like me and, and break it down like I did. And then come back to me and make a convincing argument that no way Daniel Rodriguez could have won that fight. No way. D my DMs are open. Send it to me. At Alexander K. Lee. Come at me. My DMs are open. Come, come at at him, Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram. Slide to my Instagram DMs, at alex.lee at sbnation.com. Send me an email. It's probably easier to read that way. 
Let me know. Let me know how wrong I am. Make a send convincing me, argument. Send me an email. No. <laughs> Make a convincing argument that the fight wasn't close. Like I, I've not send me a fax. Fax, I've fax st- me. I, I have studied this fight. Yeah, let me go. Let me go the fax. Go to the post office. Certify a letter. Send it to my address. Guys, I have no life. Okay, I have no life. You guys, you guys who are sending me comments, you spent you spent two seconds on Twitter to message me and go and, and tell me what an idiot I am, and then you went to go hang out with your friends, your wife, your girlfriend, your pets, people who love you. I don't have any of that shit, all right? Uh, I love you. This is what I do. This is what I do. (laughs) So if you can commit like that, if you're willing to come down here to my world, then you can say what you want about the fight. But until you do that, don't give me this crap about how it's so obvious that Lee won. It's ridiculous. That was unbelievable. You you just won BTL. You just won BTL. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Well done. Well done, buddy. That, that was actually really sad, AK, okay, but uh, whatever. It <laughs> was an emotional rollercoaster. Like, <laughs> oh, great stuff. What else we got? All right. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Good day, fellas. Does Javid Basharat have more pressure to win after seeing his brother win a contract on this past contender series? What do you think about that, Jed? Do you think there's any extra pressure here because his brother just got a contract? I don't know I, why. Why? I I I do not mean to attack the fan base in the way AK did to some fans just now. I genuinely don't understand this question. Like, why would there be more pressure because his brother had a good thing happen to him? Like, it's not like maybe there's more pressure if his brother just won a title because it's like, oh, now I need to live up to my brother. Or whatever, but like, no, his brother is now just joining him in the UFC. It's probably it's just a happy thing that happened. I I, I don't know. Am I wrong? I don't. I just don't understand how there would probably be like there possibly any be more pressure on this. I I mean I I get where he's coming from. Me especially having three brothers of your own, you want good things to happen to them. But if you get to go out, but and you try want to do better things thing to happen brothers, to you. A hundred percent. Not okay. just because I don't have any brothers. So this is fair. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. You just want to be like, ha, I did it better than you. So there's a part of pressure, but at the same token, there's also motivation that comes with that. You're like, oh damn. Like you feed off that a little bit. So I don't think there's actually pressure. I think it's probably a good thing for Javid that, his brother started things off on a, on a fine note this week and he's just going to tag along on the good juju ride and, and ride off into the, into the winner's circle. That's, so I don't think there's any extra pressure. I just think it adds extra motivation. But I bet in the, there's a small little smidge in the back of his mind that's like, he didn't finish. I'm going to go out there and finish and I'm going to rub it in his face a little bit. But all out of love, all out of love. AK, your I thoughts will- on this? Uh, does, does MMA wagers, our old pal, a regular commenter, I mean, Javid has already uh, debuted. I mean, he's already fought in the UFC. It's not like this is his debut. So he's kind of, I don't, yeah, it's kind of like what you guys are saying. It's a weird thing to say that he feels the need to prove something because his brother got a contract. He's already 1-0. He beat Trevin Jones. Pretty solid win. Um, so, I, I, I mean, look, I, don't, I don't mind the question. Uh, sure. No, me neither. He would certainly lose the bragging rights at home if, if, I guess, if he fell to one and one in the UFC and his brother's like, ah, well, guess what? Only one of us won this week, bro. Um, but I don't it think more be than, it is more than that. Right it's more than that in general because they're both undefeated. So he would be the first of the Basarat brothers yeah, to yeah, lose. I will, 
for MMA wagers, perhaps what you're coming at, and I didn't think this way because I don't have any brothers to have this. Maybe his issue is just that his younger brother is like, let's be honest, guys. Fareed is is a is a more handsome man. And so he doesn't want to be a worse oh. fighter and the less handsome brother. Not that Javid Ashrad is not a handsome man. Just that so, Farid is is a more handsome man. Someone's got to be more agree. handsome. Yeah, it's just someone has to be. Yeah. How it is. How it is. Casey's the most handsome man on this broadcast. It just is what it is, and that's we're okay with that. He also is the best fighter, but you know that's just that's how it goes. Speaking of fighting, um, I I just want to throw my two cents in there. Uh, I'm really interested in the Joseph Pfeiffer fight, um, mostly because Joseph Pfeiffer knocked out my striking coach or one of my striking coaches striking coaches Ozzy Diaz in the contender series so um I am very curious uh, uh about that fight and he seems to be fighting a stretched out version of Marlon Marias um, oh no 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 well I mean no, visually, no, visually visually yes <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the thumbnail it's, it's really good visual but uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Amadovsky three fight losing streak huh I don't in the UFC, wanna, huh? I don't want to name names, but in an unnamed person that works at our website reached out to me today and said, and I quote, uh, I'm watching tape and holy shit, Alan Amadovsky is bad. Like, <laughs> like Pfeiffer should be a minus 2000 favorite. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I can't actually. I'm super shocked this guy is still in the UFC. Other than and this is actually good promotional. This is actually good promotion by the UFC because they're they're clearly pushing oh, yeah. Pfeiffer by keeping this guy around. Um, yeah, I've never seen someone on a three fight losing streak and his last. He and he's got finished quickly in under a minute in his last two fights. And um, Casey, yeah. you obviously haven't listened to No Bets Barred this oh. week, so let me let me oh, also let me introduce a fun fact for you. Would you care just looking at his resume right now? Care to take a guess how many strikes he has landed in his UFC career? Remember, he did go to a full 15 minute decision against Christoph Jocko. Let's go with 30 strikes. Nine. He landed nine strikes, and like only five of them were in the Jocko fight, too. He is, he bad, man. He bad, bad. I, I like to he, he, he before he came to the UFC, he had two quick wins in Bellator. Even, even Bellator was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, and, but, this, his this is good match. Bellator good resume booking. is bad, too. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's actually good. It's actually good matchmaking for booking. a fight night. It's actually great booking. Yeah, yes. great booking. Yes. Yeah. A plus booking. No yeah, issues this, with that yes. at all. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a booking yeah, you Daniel. want to see on a pay per view card. But this is a yeah. book, this is a perfect booking for where it's placed on a fight night card that no one really cares about. Yeah, yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah, it's good Joe Pfeiffer introduction for those who missed him on the Contender series. Yep. And Pfeiffer's one of those Philly dudes, one of those Daniel Gracie guys that, and those guys are just killing it right now. So, yeah. with Sean yeah, Brady, yeah, yeah. Pat Sabatini, obviously on the card <laughs> he, as well. He, so. he messed up my coach. He messed up my coach. He's fifteen and zero or something. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. They're they're killing it. Cheesesteak um, cheese Saturday, baby. Connor and I so, were talking about on No Bets Barred. Cheesesteak Saturday, let's go. Speaking of No Bets Barred. Um, what could be an upset win this weekend? I have a couple shots I know that, What do you got? 
Well, Gregory Rodriguez is an underdog. I, I I'm picking him to beat Chidi and Joe Kalani. Wow, I didn't know that actually. That's surprising. I was but. I was surprised he is a dog. Uh, it's very small. He's plus one hundred five at DraftKings right now, but that number stayed basically that way. So it probably is where it'll close. I'm picking RoboCop to upset Chitty. I could obviously see Chitty winning that fight, but Gregory Rodriguez is like a really good grappler and he's not bad at striking. He's very tough, if nothing else, on the feet. So um, I have an underdog bet on Rodrigo Nascimento, although this was before I knew Tanner Bozer got Diesel. So <laughs> that might, I, I wouldn't, I feel less confident about that, and certainly, but. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, Algio. I like right. Algio is plus 110. I'm looking at on DraftKings. And I'm picking Feely to win, but yes, sure. I think that that's probably like he yeah. Algio has a real shot to pull that off. And honestly, okay. I, I feel I feel a lot worse about having already bet Feely. So, like, yeah, Algio is a good one. Uh, I think, um, I actually think Maria Gapava is, is live at plus 125. Now, again. Now again, I it's because I she's if, live. If you, yes, she's definitely live because she, I've said this a million times. I like Jillian Robinson as a fighter. As far as female fighters go, she is one of the best opening round fighters on the roster. But after that, that's, that's when goal. it falls apart. So if Agapova can get this into the second round, she could definitely win. Uh, but Jillian could also take her down, smush her, and submit her within the first five minutes. But if she doesn't get that, you see Jillian get a little frustrated. Agapava could, uh, could capitalize on that. So I wouldn't go crazy on that, but if we're looking for like an out of the box dog, that could be one. Yeah, but I like, I like sure. your other picks. Nascimento, like any fight, like a Bozer Nascimento, like both are fine are, are good fighters. They're both middle of the pack heavyweights. I feel like unless it's Romanov fighting Chase Sherman, if the lines are this close, it's worth the dog shot. It's dog or pass most of the time in these types of situations. I what I said on Novet Spar, and I'll ruin that here. Uh, and this is rude, but it's true. I can't trust a man who loses to Andre Olovsky. Like I just can't. I can't do it. Like that's. I love Andre Olovsky, but he hasn't been an actual good heavyweight in a decade. And if you can't find the way to beat him. You have serious limitations. That, I mean, that is literally the entire reason I bet Chris Barnett last last week was Chris Collier lost to Andre Olovsky. Why is he a minus 400 favorite over any human being alive? And maybe that bet was bad, but that bet cashed is all I know. <laughs> so, like, it's the same thing. It's just like I, I can't trust Tanner Bowser. Can't do it. I would certainly not trust him with favorite money. At what point do you think – yeah, oh, Real quick on Bozer. What point do you think being too small of a heavyweight is going to really come into play? Obviously, he looks more fit. He probably looks, he's in better shape. He looks like a better athlete. But at some point, do you wonder just – you just need more mass in there. I wonder, like, is Bozer just too small? Or I mean, You definitely need more mass in there. Uh, it's, I think that's – Without a really strong wrestling base. So maybe if you get away if you're a really if you're a really strong wrestler, but it's not Bozer. Two, I have two thoughts. One is I he's too small to compete at the top of the thing. Like that's just what it is. I feel the same way about Jailton Almeida. I'd love to see Jailton Almeida be a light heavyweight. 
I don't think he can succeed against the top, top tier of heavyweights being 225 pounds. It's just, it's simply too small for him to work. Uh, on the other side of that, Tanner Bozer can't succeed against the top heavyweights for a myriad of reasons beyond size. So I'm not sure that's like size is not the primary problem for him, uh, you know, in a top 10 level. But I, as a result, it might actually be more difficult for him in the middle tiers too, where he just fights big dudes who that's, that's a huge advantage and he doesn't have like a killer skill set. So I don't know. It's pretty tough. He, he, he make like cruiserweight is a division that shouldn't happen because we probably shouldn't even have heavyweight. Frankly, we should just have two Oh five and up, but there are some people who you can really look at and be like, yeah, you kind of would make more sense in some middle tier ground. And I mean, I think he's, this is one of those fights he has to win. He has to be Rodrigo Nascimento. He's got to. Um, he's solid. I mean, the Orlovsky fight, I think he just got a little starstruck. And that's Orlovsky does that to people. He did it to Jared Vandera. He's done it to others in the past. You have all this respect for this to guy. A bunch of people. Him, like, it's wow. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, he does it all the time. Uh, and the other, he lost to Cyril Gan, which that loss ages extremely well. The loss to Alir Latifi, in my eyes, is not really a loss because I thought Tanner won that fight. But, I mean, it's not like a hill I'm willing to die on, but I thought Tanner won that fight. So he could be 4-2 and two in the UFC right now, and the OSP fight was just kind of a weird one that came together soon. And remember, he took... Both those fights happened in June of 2021. So he fought Orlovsky first and then came back three weeks later and fought, or no, he fought Latifi and then fought OSP three weeks later and, and finished him. So we'll see. Tanner's usually a very active dude and he hasn't fought in 15 months. So curious to see what he looks like after such a long layoff. Do you have anything else, or I think we've, uh, uh, I don't know how much real, more. Real quick, I, I, think, I think I know the answer to this one, but I just want to go to longtime commenter Joseph Boza because he asked this. No. No. Is the title shot on the line in the main event? No, it is not. It's no. not even honestly, it's not even close. Yeah. No, but I, like, I, I, no, I do think I do think Song puts himself in that shortlist though. Again, like the Corey Sandhagen shortlist, the kind of list that you get, you know, that, that gets you into like an interim title fight if all this other stuff falls through. I think Song can get himself there. Again, we can say that about a lot of people I, and a lot of I think a win like, puts him right where Marlon Vera is. Like, and I think Marlon's I think Marlon's a, there too. A guy that yeah, a guy that we would love to see get a title shot, mm. but based on the actual structure of the division right now, probably still at, is at least one fight, if not two away. Yeah. Both guys yeah, will only get away. one if other options yeah. fall through, and the UFC is like, well, we need a title fight for such 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 pay per view, or a co main event title fight for such such pay per view. Let's grab. We need someone. We need another a B side. Let's grab one of these guys. But Hon yeah, honestly, just, if Song wins, maybe they do a Vera rematch. I'd love that. And then I, I've been that would be an all yeah. be an awesome fight. My my mm -hmm. main issue is that if they did that, I'm not even certain the winner of that fight gets a title fight because Bantamweight is jammed up at the moment. Yeah, it's one of those. It's 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 in a state right now where we have to wait till October 22nd before we can talk about any of this. We have to wait and I mean, see what yeah. happens. Yeah, because if Sean O'Malley beats Peter Jan, none of this matters. Tit title shot, so. and then. And then there's still Marab, and it's just bantamweight. A lot of weird things happening at the top I, of it. I, yeah, I think the even like more important because you mentioned O'Malley. Neither, no matter how talented Song or Sanhagen is, neither of them are enough of a needle mover for the UFC to really 
jump. So shooting oh, no, the titles yeah. out. That's and that's that's and that to me that's when you earlier you were talking about is Sanhagen is this a must win all this stuff? I think it's that's the real big thing for Sanhagen is because he's just not a neo movie. He's not a trash talker. He's actually a really normal person who has lots of interest outside of fighting and unfortunately for prize fighting that doesn't mean shit <laughs> you know as far as like you you, you saw the interview with Erewhon like, like dude Sanhagen's a super interesting person but that doesn't translate to selling fights unfortunately um, so yeah, yeah I do agree what you guys were saying about uh, Sanhagen even um, it's, like, I went a little off topic and stuff oh no, real quick I wanted to mention this um, did Sanhagen make a mistake career-wise by taking a short-notice title fight. Because when you take those short-notice title fights, everyone's like, Cause, but no one talks about it. It was very short-notice. So I think you only had two weeks prepared for Peter Yan in Abu Dhabi. Uh, right? It was in Abu Dhabi, I think, that fight. But, which, but, but to, his, to his detriment, he said he knew that was going to happen, and he's been tra- he had been training for like two months prior to that because he had a feeling so. that fight I wouldn't happen. So he said it. Does, it. It doesn't matter either. Like yeah. you, if title fight comes, yeah. you take it. And yeah, and it was a great fight. He, he, he spoke to our he spoke to our Damon Martin on Fighter versus Writer this week, and he did say when what Jed said. You, they send you a title fight, you just you just can't say no. You can't say no. Maybe okay. if you're a veteran, if you're a veteran like a Leona Machida did once for the the 151, uh, Jed, which we talked about recently. Yes, you can say no. It's just since he'd had a title shot already. But when you don't know, as we said, especially in a division this deep, you don't know when that title shot is coming. You say again. It's the same thing with, with like we said. If Song Yutong wins tonight, he's probably not ready to fight Aljamain, Piotr Jan, any of those guys. But if some uh, or TJ, but if they call tomorrow and said, "Listen, we need you on two weeks to fight TJ or, or Aljo title shot," you're Song Yutong. You're saying yes. You're saying yes. So, it might not be what's great for your career, but you're saying yes. So we're clear. Just to 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 speak to your point on Lyoto, never fought for the light heavyweight belt again. So he honestly should have just said yes. Maybe he should have taken it. I, yeah. To the title fight because he ended up losing to Phil Davis later when they punished him by making him fight Dan Henderson for also rejecting that fight, then loses to Phil Davis, then drops the middleweight, obviously gets a title shot there, but you get a title fight, you take it, and that that's just what it is. It's unfortunate, super unlucky, but never say no to the title fight. Yeah. I'm just wondering does how – behind the scenes which we don't really know how the ufc is looking at san Hagen for taking that fight like or is it do they do do the matchmakers see that as like a true loss or was like that's a loss but you still did us a favor so if you win big he's getting a main some. yeah he's getting a main event, main event. he's getting a main yeah. event. see i think it, it's less that it's more how would they look at him if he turned it down because we know right. like we know actively yeah, we, we that know, they frequently frequently are not kind to people who don't help them out of jams so like it's you know it, it's the mafioso yeah come on you want to help me right because if you don't i'll burn your business down yeah like it's yeah. it's just how it goes so like i think he should have taken it anyway i think he should, I, I think he hasn't been hurt by by taking it so we'll see and it was one of the best yeah. fights of the year yeah that was yeah, yeah dope and, fight and, and he and, showed and great great accounting of himself and on top of that, he was not the first phone call and he wasn't the second phone call. And I don't even think he was the third phone call. So the fact that he got a phone call at all was like, whoa, okay. You kind of have to say yes in that situation because then what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. They're talking about maybe throwing in some, fe- some some flyweights to possibly jump up there and fight. But yeah, that was a crazy day when uh, when we broke that story, trying to figure out what the that hell they were going to do with that. 
Do we think the loser of this fight gets Sean O'Malley after Sean O'Malley loses to Jan? Because either of those fights would rule. I'd watch the I hell think, out of O'Malley versus either of these dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I think Rob Font will be in play next year to fight one of those guys, um, either winner or loser. R.I.P. Robbie. I thought you were, so. the, I thought you were the best band way to live. I was wrong. <laughs> I wanted um, to believe. All right. Let's hit the music. Let's get out of here. I think, yeah, I think we've... We've got Canelo weigh-ins happening now. Yes. So There you go. And you, if you want any uh, insight or commentary on a preview of such for that fight, you can go to MMAfighting.com. Go to the podcast network. MMAfighting.com doesn't have it up yet, though it will be up soon. But if you go to our podcast network, myself, Jose Young, did a little preview of Triple G... Canelo 3. So tune into that. Get all your boxing fix, and we're good to go. All right. And we'll be back here tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern time to get you ready for this card. People's Pre-Fight Show, your questions the entire time. But until then, everybody, for AK, for Jed, for Casey on the ones and twos, I am Mike Hack. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.